The National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, recently unveiled a draft guide that instructs healthcare providers how to make mobile devices more secure. The guide, which is called Securing Electronic Records on Mobile Devices, is out for public comment until September 25th. I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Nate Lesser, Deputy Director of NIST's National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, who will describe for us what's in the guide and why NIST issued it. So now, Nate, we see a lot of data breaches in the healthcare sector involving unencrypted mobile devices. Is that why NIST decided to issue this guide? Well, it's certainly part of it. When you look at the plethora of organizations that are collecting, processing, and transmitting user information, and in this case, individuals' healthcare records, there's a wide array of technologies that are deployed in those environments. What we published was guidance to help organizations think about how to evaluate and manage their risk and then to implement security technologies that may not be the core function of what an organization does. So if you think about a hospital, they're there to provide quality healthcare service. They're not primarily a security organization. So this guidance attempts to provide a set of real-world examples of how to implement security standards and best practices in healthcare environments. And why is it still considered a draft at this point? Well, like everything that we do at NIST, so the National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence is part of NIST, and like everything we do at NIST, our guidance is developed in a very open and transparent fashion. So this is our first publication. Um, Like all other publications, it goes out as a draft for public comment. There's a fantastic opportunity now for organizations in the healthcare space, for security organizations to weigh in be a part of the conversation, and help us shape the final guidance. So now, Nate, what are the key security takeaways of the mobile device guide besides the importance of encryption? Well, certainly every organization needs to think about and conduct its own risk assessment. There are a wide array of varying differences between organizations based on size, on the population they serve, on the part of the supply chain in the healthcare space that they fill. But based on our risk assessment, There are some major threats to confidentiality, integrity, and availability of patient information that are specific to the use of mobile devices in healthcare environments. And we, through that risk assessment, identified a a couple of specific high-level threats and concerns, the first being the loss or theft of a mobile device, a user who either walks away from a logged-on mobile device or a user that downloads a virus or malware onto that mobile device, a user that attempts to use an unsecured wireless or wired network with that mobile device. So those are some specific concerns. The rest are summarized and captured in the guide that we published. Nate, what sorts of mobile devices does the guide address? For instance, does it address medical devices or is it primarily computing devices? So the guide focuses on computing devices, on phones, tablets, and laptops, devices used to collect patient information, process that information, and transmit it typically to an electronic healthcare record system. In our example, and one of the things that the National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, the NCCOE, does when we build these guides, we in fact create a technical example. So there's a full technical stack, we refer to it as, to simulate 
medical environment. And in that environment, there's an electronic healthcare record system that's stored in a cloud-style infrastructure. So these devices are accessing that electronic healthcare record system through a mobile web-based application. And that's the, the primary channel that we're securing. When it comes to medical devices, the NCCOE has a document that was published for public comment a few months ago, and we're doing that work now. So the challenge, the initial document that is the challenge was published a few months ago, we'll be following up with a practice guide that looks similar to this one, focused on medical devices in the coming months. What are the common security mistakes that healthcare providers make with mobile devices that the guide tries to address? What sorts of things do you see going wrong in the marketplace when it comes to healthcare providers and mobile devices? I want to be very careful. When we talk about them, I, I wouldn't refer to them as mistakes. Healthcare providers have a very important job to do, and in many cases, mobile devices help them do that job better. But it's incumbent upon us, those of us who are cybersecurity professionals who work in this world, to make it easy for medical practitioners and really for others who provide a critical service where cybersecurity is not their core competency or functionality, to make it easier to do the right thing from a security perspective. And that's what this guide is about. It's about enforcing policy on mobile devices. So when we at the center demonstrated an example of how to achieve this, we're looking at ensuring that the devices connecting to a that the devices that are connecting to a hospital's network for example are known good devices that they haven't been hacked that the user who's holding the device is authorized to have access to the electronic healthcare record system we're enforcing the mechanisms that allow that device to connect into the electronic healthcare record system and to ensure that those who are making changes to medical records or who are seeing patient data are authorized to do so So now, whom within a health sector organization is this guide directed at? One of the things that we've attempted to do here is try and address a variety of audiences at the same time. So this guidance has actually five different volumes. The first one is a three-page executive summary, which we actually designed to be read by executives. The next volume in the guidance is really focused on IT and IT security program managers, So if that's in a large hospital system, you'll see a number of people who fill that role. If it's a small practitioner's office, you might have one part-time person who does both the IT and the IT security work. The third volume of the guide is where a lot of the, we refer to it as the how-tos, but that's a lot of the meat that describes precisely what we did in our environment and how you could recreate it in your own. And that's designed at the implementers, designed to target the implementers, the people who are really putting their fingers on keyboards day in and day out, and who are responsible for building your environment's secure solution. We try and talk to all of these different levels at the same time since we recognize that the business of providing quality medical care is what drives decisions in this environment. And it's, again, incumbent upon us, the security professionals, to talk in the language that makes security accessible to people who make decisions about where the priorities of the organization should go and make it easy for practitioners to do the right thing when it comes to security. How do the mobile security concerns and challenges in the healthcare sector differ or are similar to those sorts of concerns in other industries where there's also a, a dependency on mobile devices being used by workforce members? I think that in a lot of cases we're talking about environments that are very similar. 
there are a couple of distinctions that are really important. In the healthcare environment, you have to contemplate the absolute necessity of providers to get access to patient information, sometimes in emergency scenarios or in situations where if network access isn't available or if the doctor is in need of providing the patient with some type of immediate care and the electronic healthcare record system is unavailable. So there's a few distinctions, sometimes colloquially referred to as break the glass scenarios, that really need to be contemplated when talking about security measures. We can't expect providers, for example, to enter a long and complex password every time they pick up a mobile device in every context. So we need to really think about the difference between these environments. But a lot of the security competencies, the security capabilities that we talk about in the guide that are provided by the technology that we use are things that any enterprise that that implements mobile devices needs to consider. The only other component that I would say is especially unique within the healthcare environment is the is HIPAA requirements and the necessity of organizations to be compliant with the HIPAA security and privacy rule. And our guidance examines the standards and best practices that exist across a wide array of security publications, including those that our colleagues produced at NIST, as well as those from international standards organizations, and then maps those into the HIPAA security and privacy rules so that an implementer can look at it and really say, okay, well, if I pick up these technologies and I recreate what the NCCOE has done, how am I having an impact on my compliance with HIPAA? So now, is this guide meant to offer advice to healthcare providers that can be implemented on a voluntary basis, or do you think the best practices highlighted in the guide might also eventually be used as a point of reference for enforcement agencies such as the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights when OCR is investigating data breaches or doing compliance audits? Absolutely, this is a voluntary set of guidance. I think it's very important that we as a government speak with one voice, and so we've worked very closely with our colleagues, not just in the Office of Civil Rights, but also within the Office of uh, National Coordinator for Health IT, ONC, at HHS, and they continue to participate in this dialogue and help us to make sure that the guidance that we're publishing is adheres to the security and privacy rules that they publish. It is important to know that implementation of this guidance doesn't guarantee compliance with HIPAA. And at the same time, we want to be as open and transparent as possible with providers so that they understand how implementation of this guidance can help them when it comes to compliance. Now, Nate, I understand that this guide is the first in a new series of publications from the NCCOE that will show businesses and other organizations how to improve their cybersecurity using standards-based, commercially available, or open source tools. What's the next guide that we're likely to see and what industry do you think it'll be aimed at? We have a pipeline of these guides that will be coming out over the next coming the couple of months and we expect the next one to be for the electric power sector dealing with identity and access management across the various different components of an electric power company. Thanks Nate. I've been speaking to Nate Lesser. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.